in about six months i don't even know what it looked like you still struggle with security what's that life <laughs> i'm on a different way at the clippers game got your woman texting me while i'm talking to doc phone ringing through the we are here we are here we are here we are here what's up fans how are y'all doing out there it's your boy tpj i am here we are live we are back this is hoops and brews episode number 192 today we have a special guest with us uh, reporter John W. Davis coming to us via Skype, via satellite, as well as Pavi via Skype, via satellite to talk the last dance, as well as a little bit of Pistons basketball. And then obviously, John W. is a WNBA reporter, WNBA guru aficionado. We're going to get his thoughts um, on exactly what's going on in the WNBA and how he feels about free agency and what's been going on. Obviously, Pavi and John have a WNBA podcast that they do together. Um, so, John, welcome to the show. Pavi, welcome to the show. Let's go ahead. Let's talk. So, what's going on, guys? How you doing today? I'm great. Feeling good. What's up, Pavi? As always. What's up, bro? What's up, man? You still in a mad upheaval over the Last Dance documentary? I'm yes. sorry, but I can't. I just want you to know I'm never letting that go, by the way. So, every time what? you tweet something, I, there will be a response for it. I'm just letting you know. Uh, nah, it, it, it's, it's just like... Not again. Maybe it's You're my fault. No, I'm not a troll. I'm sorry. I don't don't do that, bro. Because I hate that. It's not like maybe it's my fault for expecting something different. But it's just like I was thinking this was 
Bulls documentary more than the Michael Jordan documentary. I don't want to see a documentary upholding Michael Jordan like, oh, look at me. I'm Michael Jordan. I was so great. That doesn't really interest me as much. It was certain things that me as a basketball fan, as a basketball, quote unquote, historian, things that I would want to know. If John Paxson had such an impact in that game, I would want to hear John. Like, I think it would be dope to hear John's Paxson's thought process when Phil went in the huddle and said, hey, bro, who's open? John. At that point in time, John know he got to step up. What did you think about that, John Paxson? All it, like all he had to say was, man, yeah, Mike Fanny, and I was just like, man, I got to knock the shots down. I'm cool. But I don't want to hear Jordan talking about what everybody else did, bro. That's not interesting to me. At that point in time, it becomes just a less uplift Jordan fest, and I'm straight off that. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad documentary. It's a good documentary. I enjoyed it. But for me, somebody who knows all this information, I didn't find it very informative. I knew all this. But again, that documentary wasn't for somebody like me. It's for the casual fan or somebody who's younger than me who doesn't know this stuff, who may not know the greatness of Michael Jordan. I know And this isn't about the greatness of Michael Jordan. It is. No, it's They're literally not. uplifting him consistently. Is everybody talking about Jordan and what the impact made on Jordan? It's been a bunch of people that I've seen tweeting being like, yo, it's really dope how they go. Whoa, I'm sorry. Um, and um, it's you know, all tweeting about, yo, it's really dope how they go into a bunch of different people's eyes and different. Yes, they're but not like going to nobody else's eyes. They're yes, still they're all doing the eyes of Michael Jordan. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just think it, you just have unrealistic expectations for what you what this documentary is supposed to be. I don't know what you expect other than other than seeing other the greatest people. basketball player of all time. I like when you watch. Did you watch the four parts or five part series on the Celtics um, uh, Lakers rivalry? Yeah, but yeah, they dedicated yeah, a whole episode to Bill Russell. It was pretty much a whole episode dedicated to him, an entire piece dedicated to him. They didn't go into depth about Bob Cousy and all that. They talked about Bill Russell because he I mean, was the star cool. of the show. I mean, yeah, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, but if this if it's dedicated to Bill Russell and it was, and it was point like, oh, this is the Bill Russell episode, cool, then that's cool. The Celtics Lakers documentary wasn't like they talked about, they didn't have Larry Bird talking about Bill Russell. No, they probably had Bill Russell talking about Bill Russell or people talking about Bill Russell through their own viewpoints. I don't think it was, the, yo, what did this guy do for Bill Russell? What did that guy do for Bill Russell? At the point, this documentary was like, what did that guy do for Jordan? What did that guy do for Jordan? When you're going to mention, oh, yeah, they put Scottie Pippen on... Magic Johnson and he guarded him. What does Scotty think about that? That ain't something y'all want to hear. You about it, Pav. You got to think about it like this though. Since Michael Jordan has retired, we rarely hear from him in interviews. We rarely have access to him. He barely does press. So that's why the focus is about, about Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Plus, like he was the one who had to give permission to use this footage. Like this is. His, his footage. footage. It's, it's his, his documentary. documentary. So, so we, we kind of got to accept like that. Like that. You, also you also brought up a good point about the fact that, that I think, I think and I, and I agree with you, it is, is for people younger than us. I feel like it's, it's for people like, like 25 and under. Like, like it's, it's introducing Michael Jordan. And we're still not even at the halfway point. So they're still building up Michael Jordan. I think you might be more satisfied when they get to some issues because they started to show at the end of episode four. They kind of show Michael Jordan gambling. Mm -hmm. So if they get into that, get into some real issues around that. They've showed his father a lot, but they haven't even touched on his father's death yet. Which they will. I feel something like that. And then there are other players that you can still get into. And we can hear from Steve Kerr, who everybody loves Steve Kerr's appearances in the media. Mm -hmm. They love his persona and things like that. And they really love his perspective. And everybody feels like Steve Kerr keeps it real. So if there's more perspective from Steve Kerr, 
then I feel like you might be a little more satisfied with it going forward in totality. And you got to look at it as like, so think about it after the 10 chapters are over and you can go back on Netflix and binge watch the whole thing. No commercials. I feel like you might like it a little better than I've seen. I've seen up to episode eight and it gets worse. <laughs> like it gets more about they like it gets it get, even when they talk about joining retirement. To my knowledge, from what I saw, if I can think back, they didn't even have any of his teammates talking about what they do when they like like what did they hear about what did they think about it. These were all things that I would want to know. I also think it makes jo- Who if for instance cares, bro. Me for instance, even for instance, even like um episode one. It's not for you. It's just not that, for you. This documentary like, is not for you. And, 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 and there's nothing and, wrong and with even, it saying that either. And even and even and even episode one, right? When they talked about um Jordan's minutes restriction. Number one, it was false. They said he was on a 14 minutes minutes restriction. He played 22 minutes in the game that they were talking about. They made it appear as if that was the last game of the season. Also, if they would have correctly explained it and really highlighted it the way that it should have been highlighted, it would have made Jordan's point of him not trusting management resonate better they just made it seem like management wanted to sit him down because they had a 14 minutes minute minutes um restriction on jordan and that um mike took it as y'all trying to tank but when you see that they had a 14 minutes minutes restriction but he still played 20 minutes in that game but they set him down for the last 26 mm-hmm. seconds then it makes jordan think about oh damn y'all trying to tank even make more sense when you just say that oh he was on a 14 minutes 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 on restriction and they set me down because i played the 14 minutes even though it's 20, 26 seconds left it don't really highlight what jordan was even thinking about so it just certain things where i'm like yo that's false it didn't happen like that now granted yes obviously it's not for me maybe i just know too much maybe i just care too much but it's just certain things that are like yo i want to hear what everybody else thought like the, like the same way you don't get to hear jordan talk you don't get to hear nobody talk about this whole situation that much but the whole point of this you don't get is to hear scotty pippen talk that last season not really all right bro about this type of stuff when when do you ever hear scotty pippen talking point- about jordan retirement I, the whole point is to highlight talk, the last you know, he season. He talk every day on TV. No, but he's but he's not talking about these issues. Like he's not Does talking he not about get oh, screen man. time in the doc though. But listen, no, he's but again, it's certain issues that I would like to hear him touch on. I want to know when they say, "Oh yeah, we put Scotty on Magic." Well, okay, if Matt, well, Scotty, if you had such a huge part in this final series, what was it like guarding Magic? Say, yeah, you know, I know how to step up and take a challenge against Magic Johnson. That's it. I'm cool with just that. Or yeah, man, like you know, uh, Mike said that he, you know, that's like not, that's not what it's about, though. That's they're weak. bouncing back. Then that's your opinion, but they're bouncing back and forth in the timelines, and it's about the last season. They're just using all of this for context and all of that for historical perspective. Thank you. Going back and forth on that. it's like I think if you could cut out the portions where it's just about the last season, then I feel like that would. Elevate the uh, documentary, in my opinion. Yeah, but they have to go back and give you context, otherwise you won't have any idea. So right. anything, and, and that's the context, and that's the context for the twenty-five and under, or that's the context for people who are just not familiar with Michael Jordan. And yeah, yeah, but I mean, what do you think about the series overall? What do you uh, uh, have you learned anything new? Um, have you, you know, as a Detroit fan, are you having any nightmares about what you know happened before? Obviously, um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you were what probably a kid during the '80s when they were, you know, kind of winning during the yeah. '80s. But what are your thoughts on it? 
Well, I was growing up with the two-time back-to-back Detroit Pistons championships. And Mm -hmm. as a child, I just remember, like, I didn't like Michael Jordan because he was an adversary of the Pistons. But, I mean, when you think about it realistically, at the Pistons' peak, he only beat him once. Yeah. Pistons beat him three out of four years. So, I mean, eventually you're going to lose. You can't win forever. So. I mean, I don't really really have a problem with looking back with the Bulls beating the Pistons because they were going to lose to somebody eventually. And it just happened to be them. And then once it was over, it was just completely over. But that's okay. You can't win forever. Yeah, I'm not upset at that. I Um, I actually agree with a lot of that. Go ahead, Pavi. How do you feel about the fact that I think one thing that people don't know is that the Pistons came so close to having a three-peat. They came this this close to having a three-peat. And I think that's that. And and I, mean, I think that Isaiah that's sprained his ankle. I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. They they didn't they didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about that, but that's okay. I mean, I don't need the casual fan to know that the Pistons almost won three straight years because, like he said, this is a Michael Jordan documentary. They're not going to put that in there. Michael Jordan. What the fact about that, that. Um, Isaiah actually Isaiah actually did have wrist surgery in um '91. Did he? I, I remember like watching the old game. It was, I think like Isaiah came back. Maybe I want to say a month before the playoffs. He actually did have wrist surgery and missed like um, a large portion of the um, season that probably shouldn't have been playing because his wrist wasn't healthy. Right. They weren't going to say that, but you know, I think all of those things matter. But I mean, I think at that point, if Michael Jordan was going to change his game mm-hmm. and absorb more contact and just be a more physical player. They probably would have beat him, like Isaiah said in there. I thought we could have made it a more competitive series, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they shouldn't have got swept 4-0. But Michael Jordan was going to win a championship eventually if he had Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant at that time. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to win eventually. Pistons couldn't win forever. Maybe they don't beat him that year, <coughs> but I mean, eventually they were going to win. So I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really care that they won in '91. Because they didn't win in 90 or 89 or 88 or 87 or 86 or 85. So, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't win his first championship till he's 28. Like, so, yeah. I mean, the Pistons got their time. You just can't win forever. And, but I never liked Michael Jordan as a child. I never liked him <laughs> much as a teenager because yeah. he was just our rival. Like, I didn't even, no offense to y'all, but like, I don't even really remember going to Chicago. That's like funny. that, like we had family in Chicago, but like I don't want to go. To, I didn't want to go to Chicago as a child. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> from Detroit, so I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at it from that perspective, and I just have that kind of pride, just like y'all have. Okay, that's very understandable. I mean, I was always but, in Detroit I, growing up, personally. But I love Chicago. You, say you were now. always in Detroit. Yeah. Okay. I was always in Detroit. I had cousins in Detroit. So I was always in um, Detroit growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, always. But did y'all have a rivalry, or was it like a, a little bit of back and forth? Like, oh, you're from Chicago. I'm from Detroit. Nah, not really. I mean, my thing was, like, they was, for one, they were, they were, they were from Southfield anyway. So they were from the suburbs. So, like, okay. when I was going out there, I was like, man, I live in, y'all, I'm, I'm going to the suburbs. And like when they came out, they was like they coming mm-hmm. to the city. So it's like I looked at it as like a vacation. Like it was like, yo, I get to go to the suburbs where like it's big houses and like y'all got lawns. This is cool. That's <laughs> and then drive back to my place That's and it's like I'm in the inner city again. So like, nah, it really was never rivalry. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were as big of sports fans as me anyway. So like, nah, it was never really a rivalry okay. with like me and my cousins at least. 
And the other point I'd just like to add is, again, like the Pistons have already had their documentary. They already had the Bad Boys documentary. And so the Pistons already got their shine. I wish I'm kind of like Pavi, though. I wish that there were more characters in there because for the Pistons, it was Dennis Rodman, obviously, because he was on the Bulls. So they already had access to him. Isaiah Thomas, who does media all the time. Mm -hmm. And John Sally. But I mean, there's no Bill Lambeer. Mm hmm. Who Bill and Bill wasn't agreeing to that stuff. documentary, man. Bill and Bill wasn't agreeing to do that. Bill documentary, and Bill when they got in there and talked some ish. Bill and Bill when they got in there and talked some ish. He just talked some ish on first take the other day. Yeah, but that's first he take. Wasn't this in the documentary? is like. Mm-mm. Damn, I felt like I heard him. Who? Okay. No. Wow. Okay. There was yeah, only there, they might have had a clip of him, mm-hmm. but there was only three archival interviews from the Pistons. Okay. And then they had an assistant coach, Brendan Malone, Mike Malone's dad, the coach of. The Nuggets. Mm-hmm. They had his. You know, so there was four people affiliated with the Pistons who did modern day interviews, and like, no Joe D. I mean Joe D. was the main one on the perimeter guarding him. Love to get a little bit from him. So, but I know there's time constraints, and then you, know, you just gotta work with budgets and different people's schedules and things like that. So I don't know, but I I feel like you could have got Bill Lambeer. Rick Mahorn, I, somebody. I just wanted somebody some other more. than Sally. Like, like Sally was not our enforcer. Yeah, but you know Mike has got him. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, get Sally. Like it's a like yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, no, it is right. a it is a uplift Jordan piece. It's not an uplift so you're Jordan not piece. Get, it's, yes, it How is. How can it's you a, uplift him more than he's already been Jordan uplifted? Piece. Like they doing in the damn documentary by saying that the man came off of minutes restriction. No, by oh saying he was on a 14 minutes minutes restriction, then went to play fucking 48 minutes against the Boston Celtics. That's not what happened. He was all the minutes restriction six games before. When you leave shit out like that, it makes it the story even more incredible. And that's not what happened. I will say it is making him look good. It makes him look even more incredible. And it's like you don't have to do that. He's Mike. He's he, he is a basketball god. I don't agree you do with you. You not have to leave shit out I to make him more incredible. With you. I do not agree I with you. I don't care. You, ha- you have to do it. Everything you're saying is wrong to me. I you do have to do it for a different population. You have to do it for a different demographic. You don't. You have to do it Tell for the Kobe and LeBron. Stop it. You can go, I'm, 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 I'm sure somebody from the 70s is probably, or the 60s is probably looked at that Lakers Celtics part be like you made Russell look better than he was supposed to look back man stop G stop tell bro. it how it happened stop, G. tell stop, it how it G. happened stop. tell it how it happened no I don't I don't care what you say it don't bro, matter bro. I don't care I'm what you say either I don't care what you say either it don't matter I don't agree you, with you, you I will never agree with you out, on this you insinuate things happen a certain way that they did not happen go back and look it up it's history it's in the books People not gonna do that. They are gonna read the documentary and and think they got the whole story. That's the point of watching documentaries. You watch it, think you got the whole story. All right. Okay. Maybe. All that being said, what though, it? I'm not saying it's a bad documentary. That's your I opinion. like the documentary. I think the old footage is dope. I think it's a good documentary. But I'm just looking at it like there could be more. Could there have been more in the Bad Boy Pistons documentary. John, that's a question for you to answer. Oh, that's a question for you to answer. I'm asking you. The one that the Pistons had? No, yeah. not in the Pistons one. Because I thought it was great. They interviewed about everybody. That one yeah, was I amazing. It was great. Like I like to me personally, as far as like the best thirty for thirty, that's that's got to be top five. I Dickie think that Simpkins one, interview. that one in Fab Five. You want to uh, see Fab Five Wood was dope. I like the um, Reggie Miller winning time one. Michael Jordan. That was dope. 
But no, the Pistons, what I thought was, I, I felt like, obviously, you know, Isaiah is, you know, Isaiah. But I felt like everybody, for the most part, got equal time. Mahomes, like like they told Rick Mahomes' story as 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 well as they told Isaiah Thomas' story, and and Rick spoke about the things that Rick did. Bill Lambeer spoke about the things Bill Lambeer did. Joe Dumars spoke about the things Joe Dumars did. They didn't have Isaiah Thomas talking about when Joe Dumars' father died. Joe Dumars talked about when Joe Dumars' father died. That's true. Who talked about when who father? That's died? true. I'm talking about oh, they didn't have Isaiah who Thomas talking about did something Joe like that. Though? What you talking about? No, he's saying Jordan is the narrator essentially. Yeah, yeah, who is he? Who, yeah, Jordan, who parent is he talking about dying though? You want to talk about? That's not. But you that's, insinuating that's that's that not, though. Not, Same way you talking no, about they insinuating no, stuff that didn't happen. When no, you say that, that you insinuating that. No, that's that. not. No, that's you not are, what though. I said. No, what I literally just said before that was everybody told their own story. Rick Mahone spoke for Rick Mahone. Joe Dumas spoke for Joe Dumas. Yeah, Isaiah but why you bring up somebody parent dying? You making it sound like that that moment happened in the documentary though. That's what I'm saying. It's the way you make it sound like a, like a similar moment happened in a documentary and Mike talking about somebody that parent sound, John. That's how I made that sound. That's no, how it sounded no, to me. No, no, no. That's how it sounded to no, me. TPJ. Thank you. T. Thank you. That was just an Come example. Come on, man. That was Come just on, an example. Man. Because because that's no, because he argues semantics. So if you want to argue semantics about what you can insinuate by leaving certain information out, don't make a no, comparison in which you. I literally just sat here and said, and I just said, sales. if you they gonna make a compare, but yeah, but you're making a comparison so you can make a direct comparison between a Bulls player talking no, and a Pistons player talking. You what, are literally, literally what I'm saying is Mike spoke for everybody else, and in this doc, everybody yes, but what I'm everybody. saying is That's when you bring saying. up dead parents and all do, that shit, you making right. it seem like Mike speaking about people dead parents. He talking about no, the games and shit. He ain't talking about their personal life. No, I'm not. I'm saying everybody spoke for everybody. Everybody spoke for themselves. Right, is what bro. I'm saying. Then, then say that, but don't bring up fucking. fucking this motherfucker that. was talking about somebody. What if he was talking that. about somebody dad dying? Come on, man. I literally just said that. I literally just sat here and said that. And I'm you just picked out something Pav. because you wanted Pav. a point. And no, and it's right. not about me wanting to have a point. It's not me wanting to have a point, bro. All I'm saying is you ain't got to put that in there because that's not what they did. Right, bro. Just make a correct right. analogy if you're going to make a correct I analogy. A correct you didn't. You didn't. Because Mike ain't talk about Rick nobody parents Rick or nobody Rick dying Rick or no Rick shit Rick like that. So when you bring up right shit like that, if somebody listen to this that ain't so seen a documentary will be like, damn, they had somebody talking about somebody else dying? Come on. Why you ain't put out the fact I said Rick Mahomes spoke for Rick Mahomes? I literally just said that. Yeah, and you said, and you said, yeah, it wasn't somebody speaking on somebody parent dying. Rick Mahomes spoke for Rick Mahomes. And you just said yeah it wasn't somebody else speaking on somebody else's parent dying did i not did i not was that the first example did you not yes or no did you not yes or no rick mahone spoke for rick mahone first and did after that and 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 after that did you not say they didn't have somebody else talking about somebody else parent or some doc that dying that's the fucking thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what you're that's saying so with that. Different. What I'm saying is when you say that, you insinuating that that's what they did in the mic shit. Don't bring that up. You ain't got to include no personal shit like that. That's all I'm saying. It ain't about the numbers. I don't give a fuck about the numbers. explain what I meant. Huh? 
Yeah, 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 but that, but 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 it don't matter guy. after you explain what you meant. After you said it, you still fucking you said it. Point, so you gotta fucking clear it up. Okay. You can't just say it's shit okay. like that. It's okay. You can't just say shit like that. You insinuating shit okay. that didn't fucking happen. No, I'm not insinuating. Cause I literally just said Rick Mahomes. Just because you preface it a certain no, way, I don't mean what you said after I that. Said you did everybody. what? The, what? How? I would have said. You know what? Let me stop. Huh? Alright, man. You know Alright. You the one screaming. You the one screaming. You in the upheaval. You doing the same shit you accusing them of. That's my point. You can't say they insinuating shit by not having certain information in there and you insinuate shit acting as if they did that when they didn't fucking do that. Rick Mahone spoke for Rick Mahone. Then I said Joe Dumas spoke for Joe Dumas. And then what did you say after that, bro? When they had the situation with Joe Dumas, Isaiah Thomas didn't spoke about it. Joe Dumas spoke about it. So then, how I get, so then I how I get the dead parent shit then? How I come up, how I hear dead parent then? You ain't say nothing about dead parent? What I said was when I said yeah. Joe Dumas right, spoke man. for Joe Dumas. All when right. Joe Dumas' dad died and they have Isaiah Thomas speaking about it, they had Joe Dumas and spoke about it. my point is, Previously, when you say that, that I said Rick Mahone spoke for Rick Mahone. And my point is, when you say that, it sounds like ESPN has somebody no, on the Bulls talking about like somebody that. dying. It is. If you making the, if you if I'm asking you to compare the two documentaries and then comparing the two documentaries, you put something that one in one documentary when you in comparison with the other. What the fuck? And look, and look, check it out. If that's how you took it, that's how you took Somebody it. else can that's take it like that. That's why I said that. It wasn't me saying what you said was wrong. It's me saying, if you're going to say it, clarify what you're saying. You can't make it. I clarified it by saying everybody spoke for After you just fucking yelled about it and went on your soliloquy, but when you fucking said it, it sounded a different way. That was my point. I literally said Rick Mahone spoke for Rick Mahone right before then. If I didn't say that, and I then would you, you. And then you mentioned two other people after that. Did you not mention two other people after that? What are you talking about? Did you not? What? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever, whatever. Here's an example, Patty. Abby, how about Whatever, this? G. Like, here's an example of what he's talking about, TBJ. I so, know what he's talking Isaiah, about, but what he's talking about and what he said is two different things. And what I'm saying is, if you're going to sit up here and be a, 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 a fucking critic about the semantics in which what was said and what was not said, you got to make sure you ain't doing the same shit in context talking about the documentary. Because if somebody it. ain't seen it, they it. would if hear I what you're saying and point. think here's something differently happened. Here's an example. It wasn't me saying what you were saying was wrong. It's me saying if somebody listen to us that ain't seen the doc yet, hear that shit, they gonna think something else happened in the Jordan doc or or no, Jordan talking about some personal issues like with somebody's family when he wasn't in the doc. No, they not. I. That's your opinion on it. My opinion is that I got that differently from what you're saying. So my point is, ain't we wouldn't hear Jordan talking about personal shit that happened with other people other than Dennis Rodman fucking going to Vegas and gambling his life away and getting drunk and having sex with Carmen Electra during the middle of the season. That's the deepest Jordan okay. went to, into Patty, anybody Patty. other personal shit. So when you say shit like that, you make it seem like That's he's sitting up there talking about all their other lives. I literally just said to rig my own shit right before then. I was saying everybody Pavy. spoke for everybody. Pavy. All right. All right. Pavy, is this All an right. example of what you're talking about? So, for example, Adrian Dantley is at the free throw line shooting free throws, and they have Isaiah Thomas talking about it. Is that yes. an example? Yes. So, yes. like, for example, that was a place for Adrian Dantley, who is a crossing guard, in like the DMV for them to interview him and say, oh man, 
Yeah, because he wanted the health insurance. Okay. <laughs> yo, that's yo, gee, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he wanted the health insurance. So I don't know if he's still an active one, but that's there was in the past right. few years he was working as a crossing guard, so he could get that health insurance, man. man hey, health insurance is real, man. There's real things you do to get help. That man was averaging thirty, and now he got to go out there and be a crossing guard. Hey, but they had, but they had to trade him. They had to trade him to get better. You can't have a six-five post player when you got Dennis Rodman. I enjoy the fact that they had Adrian Danley talking about Adrian Danley getting traded. He said, "Yeah, they traded me because Isaiah wasn't under his boys. They didn't just have Isaiah Thomas side from about Adrian Danley getting traded. They had Adrian Danley talking about Adrian Danley getting traded." Right. But I just maybe, want people to speak about things from their own viewpoint as well. I understand Jordan is Jordan, and we all come here to hear Jordan. But I also come here to hear what everybody else says, and, and I think that those guys have important stories that need to be told as well. For one, even like Paxton's thing, I think that helps explain why Paxton's been in the Bulls organization for so long. I think that Paxton deserves to be able to get some, show, to, some time and explain what he was thinking about in those moments. I think that's important. Especially, then, especially, well, I, I got you. I'm 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 shut about this, especially when the thing that they was preaching was a team. So I think that it's important that the teammates talk about when they stepped up, and not just Jordan talking about when the teammates stepped up. Then they're gonna have to do a different documentary for you because this is about Michael Jordan, and that's what it's gonna be. I mean, it's really that simple. They they have clearly shown that the way they want to do this is they have Michael Jordan, and then they will do. Other big names that are accessible, like an Isaiah Thomas or, or a John Sally. They already have Dennis Rodman from both eras, so that's easy. They're just going to go with core key guys, and that's it. It's not that's like, it. I don't Jed, Bushler, Jed Bushler talks in a documentary. Bill Winnington talks about in a documentary. Mike. About well, Mike. Okay. It They're all matter. talking yeah. about Mike. But why do you think listen, that, though? You know how much time, if you... In 10 hours, you know how much time Judd Bushler's going to have? He probably going to have about 83 seconds. He, as he should. As he but should. Like, <laughs> I, look, look, I have no issue with Judd Bushler having 83 seconds, but at least if he did, if Jordan mentioned something that he did, I would like for Judd Bushler to get five seconds, at least stating that he did it. That's all I want. I don't want much. It don't take much for Paxton to say, yeah, man, like I was open, so I knocked the shots down. It don't take much for Sky to say, yeah, man, I knew I had to step up guard magic. That's all I want. That's all. I don't want them to go in-depth with it. That's all I want them to say, and that's it. See, but you, but you got to think about it like this, and I go back to my point earlier. When was the last time Michael Jordan has done something like this? I get that. I get Never. that. Never. Never. So they're going to make him the star because – they had him for days and days and days. They had all access to him. He was answering basically any question they wanted. And they have so much Michael Jordan footage, especially interviews nowadays, modern interviews, that they're going to base it all around him. And that's just how it's going to be. That's how the director chose to tell this story. Because you got to think about it like this. Even in the Fab Five, Jalen Rose got way more screen time than everybody else. Because he was a star. He was, right, because yes. he was yes. he was the star, yes. but he I was agree. also helping produce it. So Michael Jordan is kind of in that role, too. He's I on agree, like a producer but, level. I agree, but when Jimmy King did things, Jimmy King spoke for himself. That's true. I agree with you, but Every, they clearly, I don't have it. They clearly don't are have not it. taking that style in this one. 
They're not I don't have an issue out. with Jordan getting seventy percent. He it's Michael. He should. It's Michael Jordan. I just want the other people who did something. I want to hear their opinion on what they did. That's it. Maybe it would be different in a director's cut or something like that, but it's just not going to be that way. And it's really hard for anybody to say anything bad about this documentary. You say something bad about it, and they're looking at you like, like you are, like the Bayhive is talking about, about you. Like Bayhive. you said something this bad is about a the very Beyonce. good piece of work. And it's that's dope. the reason why though. ESPN Thirty for Thirties and what Bill Simmons established with that brand when they first built the brand was so amazing about it. It was, it was different from ESPN classics. It was real in-depth journalism, but also great documentary filmmaking from people that you weren't used to seeing documentary films from. So, I mean, I, 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 that part of it is kind of like that 60 minutes thing almost like, you know what I mean? You can never really attack the credibility of 60 minutes, if that makes sense. Because of kind of the... Here's a question. Can you, does that make sense? Because of kind of what it stands on in terms of the reputable it, work that it does. It does make sense. So even... But also, I just personally think that it's just been great, great filmmaking all around. I mean, personally, but go ahead. Here's the question. So we're getting this in April. This wasn't supposed to come out until June. I know that they're just still finishing up final episodes. So do you feel like it would have been different? two or three months from now if they would have had the nah. normal amount of time to work on nah, it as a filmmaker when you write a doc as a filmmaker when you write a you write a documentary script you actually it's a full script and basically they go through every single line they write down every single line and they construct it as if it's a real script so they've had the script in place for however long they've had it in now clearances and you know getting the proper footage you need and servers and all the other crap is probably issues but I think as far as the documentary itself has been done, pretty much in terms of the writing of it, it's been done. It's just about putting it all together and getting it all done. And I think they just had a longer window, I think, before to refine it. So, and I think now they just have to make a lot more immediate decisions rather than uh, you know being able to go back and kind of give everything a few more once-overs. I think another thing about it is... is since this is a Chicago Bulls, but primarily a Michael Jordan documentary, they essentially have access to anybody they can want. So when you have like Barack Obama randomly in here, mm -hmm. just because you can get Barack Obama in yeah, there, yeah. you almost have you almost have too many elements. You got too many elements. Like you're never gonna have a. And then you had two presidents. Okay, yeah, oh, they yeah, had Bill Clinton because yeah. Scotty was from Arkansas. Yeah, Scotty was from Arkansas. I feel that. But, but having both of them in there, it's like they could literally get anybody they want in this documentary. So maybe they almost had too many choices and too many elements. And it was just too hard to dwindle down what you have. Because I know sometimes, you know, and you can, you might feel like that's this too, Thomas. Sometimes when you're editing, it's hard to cut down all the good things you got. And you got so many people, you just want to fit everybody in. You're like, oh, I got to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Then you turn yeah, up. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like a good television like, show. You, At some point, it has longer, to end. I think they you know You got that. these longer commercial breaks and everything like that. So it's it's limited time. Like, this is not commercial free. Yeah. I mean, like, all these episodes are 42 to fit in, I think, 42 to like 52 minute blocks. So that means eight to 12, eight to 18 minutes worth of commercials. So really, it's not really 10 full hours. It's actually. 
it's really like, like you know closer eight. to more like seven and a half eight ish right so it's this is really only seven episodes yeah. being stretched to yeah. ten. well i mean seven if you just if talk an hour like straight coming. hour yeah, yeah hours yeah if we're talking we're talking just going straight to netflix yeah. Or something it is like going straight that. To Netflix. It's, straight, it's actually on Apple TV as well um, already. Uh, yeah, it is. But what I'm saying is, if it was on yeah. there, it's easy to go an yeah. hour, you know, each episode and go in depth. And then maybe you get a little bit more of what Pabby is looking for. But I don't think the casual fan cared about what John Paxson said. They don't even know who John Paxson is. They do. So, you want to know how they know who they do? Because Michael Jordan said, I passed wow. John Paxson the ball. That's why he got hired by the Bulls. Yeah, now Michael they know Jordan who he said, is. I passed it's, that man the it's ball, like those and he made a said, big shot when Michael Jordan needed look, him to. That's why he got a job with the Bulls. It, right, but it's like those tweets that say, I was today years old when I found out John Paxton made a game-winning shot. Like, there's so many people out here who's like, oh, wait, oh, I've heard that name before. Like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's this is introduced, this is... This is introductory to so many people. And it's hard to balance making something expert for Pabby and then making something introductory and enough that is engaging for, let's just say, um, Joe Blow. Like, it's a hard balance with that. Yeah, and, I think they've done a good job. And like, there's literally nothing else. I won't say there's nothing else on right now, but like on Sunday no, nights, there's nothing else zit. on TV. There's nothing this else on. I mean, Westworld is on. Westworld is cracking right now. If you watch Westworld, it's... you know what it is. It's cracking. Shout out to my girl Dolores. Okay. Shout out Dolores. Yeah. Westworld. Yeah, What's I mean, I look, I'm not saying it's a bad documentary. It's just that. That again. I say this, I want mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it's hard to watch it. And they didn't really do it too much in three and four, but the first two episodes, I personally didn't really care for the Jerry Krause is the villain. Oh. Like that's another that thing. A, that's, that's another I thing. I thought that was a lot. Like, first of all, the man is dead. He can't really speak for himself with a modern day interview. And then just to just like I feel like that's stereotypical to say we have to have a villain. I agree with that. Like I, I, agree with that. I don't they think it is. I just think say, they fucking hated him. He made a that. character in space. Like the villain in Space Jam is modeled after this man. He fucking hated this man. If you didn't know from this okay. documentary series that Michael Jordan fucking hated Jerry Krause, then they didn't do a good job at being documentary. Yeah, but you know what, though? I don't yeah. think they unfairly you know represented what, him. I think Jerry Reinsdorf took up for uh, Jerry Krause numerous times, including saying, I, t- I gave him the ability to make the decisions. He commented on how he said he wanted to be the GM um after he was the gm of the white Sox, and how he gave him an opportunity and he thought he did a great job i don't i don't feel like i don't i don't feel as though jerry cross is being looked at unfairly i just think that we're looking at it from the perspective of michael jordan and scotty pippen and and phil jackson and they hated the man they did not like him at all they didn't enjoy him he turned he he was he was he was phil's protege basically the guy that phil i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry Kraus, I'm sorry, Phil was Krause's like protege, the guy that he brought up to come in, in and take over for Doug Collins. And then basically Michael started to favor and Scotty favored, 
you know, feel over him. And Krauss resented that. And Krauss resented their success and the fact that he wasn't the name behind the success. I don't, I don't think that they villainize him. I just think that it's very exactly. clear you, that they don't like him. And it's not I, exactly the picture that I got. They, de they definitely villainized him. And I bet by How the is end, he villainized? they're going... It's his own words. Like, like they have people talking about him and then literally they cut to Jerry Krause doing the exact thing that that person said that he did in the media. When Scotty talked about him going in and saying the thing about him wanting to trade him or his value not being that good. They because cut he's not to Jerry Krause's voice talking about that. So it's like that. you can cut because he's not here for him. Like he's not here to speak for himself. So you can cut out whatever you want to say about Jerry Krause and put it with I mean, and, ma and yeah, make it match it's, whatever. It's a documentary. It's like this is he not you're add, not sitting and having a live conversation with these people. Now. You're getting an encapsulated piece of time. He's dead. Yeah. So we're going to use exactly what he said. It's not as if he didn't say it. He said it. It's all on record. It's all in quotes. It's in papers. It's on tape recordings. It's on video recordings. It's on CBS, ABC, ESPN. E Look, I mean, I mean, I it's not as if they're like this. fabricating this stuff. It happened. That's, he said it. That's true. That's fine. I just want to say this. I bet by the end that they will be saying like, oh, yeah, as much as we didn't care for Jerry Krause by the end, you know, we got to give him his props because without him, there is no Bulls three-peat both times. No, and honestly, Michael Jordan, they give him props in his Hall of Fame speech. He literally said, ha, he said organization win championships. He literally said in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, but I think right he before that, he is, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, but I think right before them, he did give him credit, and then he went into the fact, like you said, organization win, but don't forget about the players. I think he did give him credit for, for like, drafting talent and picking talent. He gave him credit in the documentary. But again, well, I also I bet he's gonna I bet he's gonna get some more credit. But again, That's I, I also he's gonna get some again, more credit. I also understand Krause's deposition with everything about just like wanting credit. Again, when when something becomes that successful and something becomes that big, everybody has an ego. Everybody involved with it has an ego. And he just felt like, yo, like nobody is giving me enough credit for putting this whole thing together. Like, yes, Michael, you're great. I stacked the Scottie Pippen and we had to trade for Scottie Pippen. Horace Grant was like the 13th pick in the draft. Rodman, people didn't even want to. I got Rodman for Will Purdue. I had to right. sign. Please, why had, you say Will Purdue I, name like that? Then you want to hear from him in a documentary. You want to hear his perspective. No, but what did what did what did what did like what what, what did Will Purdue Will think about getting traded for Dennis Rodman? That's what I wanted to hear. No, that no that that we that's what we don't need. Really? That's why not? Why? I mean, whatever, but like we don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm not too keen on you. Good point. Good point, TP. You. You almost got saying. it. I'm just saying. I'm just I mean, sure, if you want to put it in there, but I'm not too keen on Will Purdue's Like, but how did you feel about getting traded? Doesn't really. Doesn't really. I did think they did a good job of using B.J. Armstrong. I thought B.J. Armstrong was a nice addition. Yeah, he was. Very well-respected guy added too, some, among NBA players. He well, added so. some additional perspective. And so if they can do that in 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, add in new characters and new voices, I think they will be building to an ultimate finale. Like, I, I think that's important. Like, they, I feel like they're still building. Like, this, it's still introductory. Like, they just got to the first championship. Yeah, I mean, I've I've like forty percent. I've peaked ahead, um, but honestly, I'm interested in really like 
because because now I'm fired up to go back and like rewatch it again. I kind of watched it in passing a little bit because I had seen it uh, up to like eight. Um, uh, but uh, the one thing that I did find that was interesting that they aren't really that different from the leak. So we pretty much see what you what you see is what you get. If you've seen any of it before, you just get to see it in glorious 4K, which is good. I'm still I'm still watching, still DVR, and got to record it. Um, but I think going forward, like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in a little bit more and kind of see exactly you know you know kind of what's going on because i was watching it but it's like a little bit sleepy sometimes it was like trying to binge it but i think it's a good series though I'm, i think i think episodes five and six um it'll be interesting to, you know i think the whole mike i think that's like the whole mike and kobe episode i think they got a solid piece in the episode i think that'll be interesting to see again and break down and really get to see a lot of that old footage it's it's very funny seeing old NBA players talk about Kobe, because they all been saying the same thing about him since like day one. They was all like, "Yeah, he gonna shoot." Mike was like, "Why y'all passing the ball then?" Wait, Kobe's gonna be in it. Yeah, Kobe's yeah, gonna yeah, be in yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe's gonna be in the next episode. Okay. Like ESPN uh, uh, showed a screenshot, and I and I think it's of the year. Okay. Um, they cover the you, know, you know Kobe's first All Star game with Jordan and kind of that that little mini passing of the guard that happened during that All Star game as well, um, and, and kind of just how Mike thought about and what Mike thought about Kobe. So I think that that'll be cool. But I think that all of that stuff is before Kobe passed. Obviously, everything that you heard from Mike, I like seeing Mike cry right. in a documentary. Okay. It's hilarious. It's like you can just see like the years of like. Cognac starting to build up in his eyes as he's as starting to get a little teary eyed. <laughs> episodes. Why episodes does everybody go in on Michael Jordan for being emotional? Why can't he be emotional? I want like him to be person? emotional. I just said I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful television. You, you said it's funny, it's, but why is it, it funny? Huh? Because he's you such said an funny. asshole. He spent the whole documentary being an asshole. So it's like so when he so when he crying, it's like yo, this motherfucker is crazy. Like he really wanted to win it. Like he's still. In his heart, feels the same way about wanting to win back then as he felt back back then. You know what I mean? I mean, he feels it now. You know, so yeah. Sometimes people just project. I mean, that's just a projection. I don't think he projected. You, I just think Mike off of Mike had him a cigar. He had he had what looked like his uh, new añejo. He it looked like he started the interview with a full glass and he ended it with an <laughs> empty glass. And he might have refilled a couple times. So it's a couple times in this documentary, literally, where Mike just be talking and he just be like, and he just stop for a second, and his little puffy eyes just get like filled with tears, and I just be dying mm-hmm. laughing because he's just he just been this un you know kind of infallible person, you know what I mean? You can't really hurt Michael Jordan, stop Michael Jordan. So anytime you get a chance to see Michael Jordan cry, it's funny. I mean, it's like seeing a rock cry. Like, like if you saw the rock cry, like I mean, obviously if it was for nothing like tragic reasons, but if he just like getting choked up talking about like. You know, rock bottom and stone cold at WrestleMania. He just like <laughs> you gonna be like that's funny as hell because you don't really see the Rock cry. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I look at like Jordan. Like they like at this point, Mike is one of the mythical characters. Oh, I mean, at least for me, you know. What I, mean? I have a question. What? I have a question for both what of up? you. Do you feel like this documentary is ten years too late? No. Nah, I think it's right on time. Nah. You think, think it's right, right on time? time? I think it's right on time because I mean even for instance like my young homie my, my guy Brandon shout out shout out Brandon he been telling me like bro Michael Jordan was so cold he's like 24 I'm like you didn't notice 
like, yo, Mike's the GOAT, bro. Mike's the GOAT, bro. So it's like, because you get to a point where, like I said, we had this like, argument the other day. Like, you get to a whole generation that the, what they know about Michael Jordan is his shoes. Like, that's what they know Jordan for most is his shoes. They don't really know Michael Jordan, a basketball player. Like, if you're 23, 24 years old, you wait, you 23, you might have been born in 98, 99, or like 97. You don't really know about Michael Jordan. So I feel like it's right on time for them. Like, stuff has been so long ago where, like, even those who watched it might have forgotten. Like, that's how long it's been. It's been 22 years since he last played. So even those that saw it while, it's, while, it, while, while it was happening might have forgot. And even people like me, like, yeah, we were growing up in it, but, like, we didn't see it in real time. So even though we know we Hold still on, didn't see it in real time. It's been 22 years since he last played? No, it's been 22 years since yeah. that happened. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yes, yes. It's been yes, it's been twenty two years since he last played in a Bulls jersey. Right. So a lot of this stuff is like people don't. But you don't really have to worry about that. <laughs> it's like it's like it's been twenty two years since he played in the Bulls jersey. So it's like a lot of people alive who are like watching this. I mean, you can even see NBA players like the way Trey Young is tweeting, the way Donovan Mitchell was tweeting, the way uh, Miles Bridges, who plays for Jordan's team was like yo I can't believe that like the guy just passed the ball to dude on Georgetown. You play on Jordan's team, you ain't never seen that footage before. What the hell? But it's like you can even see players in like the league are like wow, Michael Jordan like wow. It's like bro, y'all in the NBA but I I I personally think it's right on time. And nobody's doing nothing right now too. True. So you can really hone in and watch it. So, True. that's my opinion. True. Yeah. Thinking from a from a video perspective, though, I feel like for me, it's a little. Some parts are a little hard to watch because it's just. I mean, I actually we, love we the have, quality, though. We have progressed so quality. much more past that technology yeah, wise but that, like, yes, I feel like I'm watching NBA hardwood classics. Yeah, but that's why I are. like it, though. I mean, yeah, but like, I like it though. Like, and also, I feel like. Um, I know, uh, shout out Joey Twitter, but film just has a different quality than digital, which I kind of like. Like, it's kind of grainy, but, like, it's dope to me, though. You know? So, I personally love the film quality. I think that that's what makes it so dope. The fact that, that it looks retro. But that's just me. Yeah. My I do enjoy it. Well, I, I enjoy the soundtrack, though. Oh, yeah. And not now. Now, what I do want to say is, I think whoever did the music was perfect. Whoever put the music together on the documentary did an excellent job. Like, the music absolutely matches every single thing that happened. Like, when they had the L.O. say, I'm bad. Come on, you know, when Mike was given the uh, Celtics 63, when they had the I Don't Want to Be a Player, uh, come on for mm-hmm. Rodman. I think the, mu- the music selection was incredible in this um, documentary. Yep. So, let's go ahead. Again, let's we're move real, on. I like everything about the documentary except like the storytelling everything else i love it the pictures i love it the background stuff i don't like the fucking documentary i like everything about the movie except the whole movie the script was garbage you did like the movie no i don't want to say i don't like it no because the footage the like behind for the stuff that we never would have seen is dope to me but i'm just looking at stuff like but the documentary and the storytelling are synonymous. You don't like it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to like it. It's you not don't have for to like you. It. You, you, are, have to, you don't you have to participate in the last dance. Of, uh, well, you you just have a different appreciation for basketball. You look at it from a different eye, and you are like your own basketball 
historian, you do a lot of your own research, you randomly watching old stuff, so it's it's not for you. This is for casual to intermediary. That's fair. Or somebody who's just loving nostalgia. And yep, that's fair. And if you're watching yeah. this and John's care, uh, I'm sorry, his camera keeps popping in. There. I have no idea why. It's just like Skype is like bugging out. So it keeps like having your camera be like little and then big and then little and then big and little oh, big. So oh. I don't know why. But I, I, it's fine. No, so. neither. No, neither. Okay. Okay. But let's go ahead. Talk to me, both of you guys. WNBA free agency offseason uh pavy you were on one of the conference calls earlier this week i'm sure you were probably on there as well uh john uh for the la sparks um obviously the wnba season is potentially up in um arms in terms of potentially you know being able to happen um it may or may not happen depending upon how kind of long this coronavirus uh thing you know pushes we might you know actually get a postponed NBA as well as a postponed WNBA season, uh, you know, kind of on a more permanent basis until next year. But as of right now, we have, um, you know, the WNBA draft happened recently. Obviously, John, Pavy, both of you guys covered it. Both of you guys really, really love the WNBA. Um, have spent a lot of time, many hours, dozens and hundreds of hours covering and talking to these players. So go ahead and talk to me specifically about what you guys are interested in seeing from this WNBA season. What are your thoughts on free agency, on the draft? Uh, do you, uh, is Ionescu, I believe that's how you say her name, is she the real deal? Um, will she help turn Liberty around? Talk to me. Let's do some WNBA talk. John? First of all, I do think Sabrina Ionescu is Ionescu. the real deal. I think it's perfect for her to be in New York. Mm -hmm. Like, they couldn't have picked a better market for her, a better team. Like, a team that as soon as she goes there, they say, like, this is her team. Mm -hmm. Like, they literally had Tina Charles, a former MVP of the league, and they were like, doop, drop her off to the Washington Mystics. Got rid of her because they wanted to say, like, this is Sabrina Ionescu's team. Mm -hmm. We are rebuilding. We have room to bring in someone else who may complement the way that we've seen her be successful in Oregon. So I think her going to New York is perfect. Second of all, I think all of the changes, and when I say changes, I mean player movement in the league has been perfect too, because that's what we're used to in every other major sport now. In the NBA, players force trades and leave all the time. Free agency, people leave all the time. They don't really do it as much in the NFL free agency wise because, you know, careers are shorter. But if you just talk basketball to basketball, that's what it's about, player movement. And I, I love that. But I think and then, you know, they had the different changes in the CBA. The players are getting paid more now and they definitely will get paid more in the future when people are able to sign updated contracts. But I feel like right now it's like a lull and. It's a lull everywhere, and I just don't want the positive momentum they had to not come to fruition this year because, you know, it's supposed to get better and better every year, mm -hmm. but I don't think that can happen if they don't play. Pavy? Um, as far as Sabrina goes, I mean, I got high expectations. I mean, I think that, I mean, I, I expect the Liberty to be in the playoffs. I expect them to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I think Sabrina could come in and be a top 15 player in the league. Why can't she? Um, Oregon, they had obviously the number one and like the number two pick on the team um, when they played the um, women's team. But they beat the women's team. 
They beat the USA women's team. The college team beat the women's team. Sabrina was on that team. She was pulling up from half court by the end of the game. So I got expectations. I expect her to come in and be a top 10, top 15 player in the league. Why can't she? Um, it's not like the Liberty are absent of talent. They have Kia Nurse. She was an all-star last year. They have Asia Durst. She was a number two pick in the draft last year, if I'm not mistaken. Number two or number, number one? Two. Number two. Number, number two. two pick in the draft Jackie, last year. So, yeah, behind Jackie. And so it's not like they don't have any talent on the roster. And you add a top 15 player, you should be a playoff team. Um, as far as the league, I'm with you. I think that it's been possibly, I want to say, the most exciting offseason in I mean, I I, mean, I, I, I want to say league history. I think you have like actual, you know, super teams now, teams that can engage in um, outside of the normal um, um, WMA community. You know, I think even Christy Tolliver going back to LA. So now you got Christy, Neca, Shanae, uh, Candace on one team. I think that people who don't necessarily Simone Augustus too, Simone, Simone too, all on one team. You know, people who don't necessarily aren't WNBA fans they know some of those names and maybe more keen to tune in you got in Phoenix you got Skylar Diggins Diana and Brittany Griner those are huge names like if they're playing I might tune in and watch it even if I'm not the biggest WNBA fans just because I know these names um and I think it's very very important that they play this season I really hope they can find some way to play um because again I mean I was looking I mean even when you look at the coverage that happened last year and just even you know seeing more clips on the internet and just, I mean, even the whole the little fallout that happened uh, when Candace got benched, it was great. It's great for the league. Mm-hmm. It's amazing for the league. The fact that, like, it'll be, it was like that story was was on the jump. I mean, it right. sucked for fish, but right. like for the league, it's like, but for the league, that's amazing. It's controversy. People are mad. People have opinions. That's what you want, you mm-hmm. know. So I think it's very, very important that they find a way to play this year somehow. Even if they got, you know, take it to Vegas and just, you know, put everybody in Vegas for a couple of months i don't know do something like that the olympics aren't happening now so you don't have right. to worry about you know shutting the season down midway through so you know maybe you get into maybe got a star late start in july you go from july to something like that but i think it's very important that they find a way somehow to play this season because i think that this season could be quite possibly the most important one in WNBA history but that's, that's what opinion. i was gonna say it's a very important point that they already had a built-in month-long break for the olympics they were going to stop in the beginning of july we're beginning middle of July and not come back to about the middle of August. So they already had a month where they were taking a break. So they were supposed to be starting training camp about now. And the season was supposed to start in the middle of May. You're right. If it starts in July, you cut a couple games, it'll end around the same time. But the issue now is a lot of the teams like LA and, but you did mention you know, playing at one site. But if you don't play at one site, one of the issues is teams like LA, Minnesota, and um, the Mercury, and there's a couple other teams, but they share arenas with NBA teams. So the priority on that is a a little up in the air, but it creates synergy because this is this is one thing that I would love to see happen. And the commissioner kind of talked about that a little bit, Kathy Engelbert. I would love to see a doubleheader. Like, you know how some colleges will yeah. have the women's play the games team play before the men's team? Like, literally, play, same arena. You got to change the court real quick, but they're experts at changing courts. Pull up Here's the court, put down the court, play the same Here. day, same place. Here's my thing. I don't think we had to too much worry about that because I don't think there's going to be fans at these games regardless. 
Um, I don't think you're going to see fans in sports arenas, at least for maybe, I want to say, six to seven months. I don't think it's just safe to do that right now. Uh, so I think regardless, the games are going to be played probably without fans anyway. Um, but I can, they, they, they can need to find a way to play, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, with the fact that so much going on in the world. People want to turn their attention away from things. You know, maybe some other leagues might not be playing. Um, sports is really going to have an eye on it, I think. They just need to find a way to play. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't matter where it's at. No matter who they do it with, they can need to find a way to play somehow, in my opinion. Especially with like a star like Sabrina coming into the league, and she and like I I don't. She has as as far as like women's athletes. Would you say she's one of the twenty most famous women's athletes right now? I'd say top five. I was saying top. I was I was thinking top five. If she's a top five most famous women, there's there's Serena. Who else? I'm going Serena Williams first. Who else? Candace Parker. Candace Parker, mm-hmm. I think, is a famous women's athlete. I feel like um, Sabrina might be more famous than Candace Parker right now. Nah, I'm not gonna go that far, bro. That Nike, her go Nike stuff goes like that. I'm not gonna. You know what? You may be right because Sabrina might have a post of the kids. I don't know. She might have a post of the kids something that that like I don't know about. But I'm just saying, Candace, as far as like I think everybody, like if I call my dad, like yo, who's Candace Parker? He's gonna know if I say That's yo, true. who is Sabrina. He like I haven't heard that name. Yes, Candace Parker still has more name recognition. Candace more name I, recognition, but like okay. outside, of, I mean, Serena Williams, Candace Parker, can, Thomas. Can you think of any other female athletes? Just like off the top of your head, that might be more famous. Okay. Maybe Megan Rapino. Maria Sharapova. Maybe Pope. not. There. I was you thinking Maria Sharapova, but did she? I, I but said did she Megan quit, Rapino from but, like, did Yeah, she stopped. Maria, uh, Maria Sharapova retired. Oh, Venus, Venus, obviously Venus Williams, obviously Venus, True. Serena Venus, Venus. But regardless, she's 5'10", she's like up there. So when you have a star like her coming into the league, especially playing in a market like New York, I think you like this is this is a godsend for the league. If you can get the Liberty good like in New York in this market and you have, you know, possibly the best player in the league. And I mean, honestly, they could make a finals run. It would be crazy, but it could happen. If she's as good as advertised, nah, why can't they're it not gonna make the finals. But I will say I know, this: I'm not saying they're gonna make the. I say they run, not necessarily make it. But like mm-hmm. they can go to the thing, second round. Why not? Mm-hmm. She's good as advertised. Why not? Second, second round, yeah. If you win that one game, yeah, they get the second round and like take that. somebody to five. Why not? Yeah. If she's supposed to be because, this good, why not? Because she didn't win on her own. I mean, and, she ain't gonna be the. I mean, she got an all-star with her. Kia can hoop. Kia not bad. Not bad, but... Mm, yeah, Why but... Okay, so this is what I'll say, though, and this is to TPJ, and I feel like out of any league that's supposed to be playing now, the WNBA is best built to play while all of this going is going on. I say that because think about it like this. What happened to me? In college basketball, there's a WNBA has 12 teams. They all play on one site. Honestly, they all play in one arena. And then that's it. The NBA has so many teams that unless you just went to playoffs, it would be hard to play on one site. I mean, for one, it would lessen travel. I mean, like it would like you put everybody up in Vegas or somewhere where where everybody want to do conference tournament style or just think about it as. As an NCAA region, that's it. I mean, that's the WNBA. So if they can play, like 
that's the easiest sport or easiest league to get back playing, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. And so July, yeah. And especially, like you said, like you guys said, if they pick a site that's not an NBA site, it's a no-brainer. They can easily play. Play where the Aces play. What is it, the uh, MGM Grand? Yeah. You got housing. You got housing because the hotel, you play right in the hotel. You ain't got to leave the premises. That's true. If Vegas is even back open yet, but you know, it won't be too long before Vegas is back open. They ain't gonna lose out on that much money that much, yeah, that much longer. Yeah, the mayor of Vegas I, is working really hard to get the Las Vegas opened. A lot of places are working really hard to get themselves reopened. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna pray for all y'all as y'all venture back into the world after the first wave of the Rona. I think the NBA can also take a summer league model because. They used to play summer league in Orlando, Utah, and Vegas. It used to be like Orlando and Utah was... They still do. No, they don't play Orlando anymore. Yes, they do. I'm pretty sure they still play Orlando. I think they dropped out. They do. They 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 dropped that one out. In Vegas now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, that, that worked. And that was something that was media only. Orlando one always ran like that. And they had about, you know, eight to ten teams. And that's what it was. So if they want to play basketball without fans, they can play basketball without fans. But the thing is, is you have to have, you know, excellent testing and you have to have excellent protocols on essentially keeping them under quarantine, like at all times, like for the rest of the season. That's a lot. That's a tall ask. Yeah, which is why sports aren't coming back until 2022 in a full form. I, think we'll, I don't think we'll see it. I think we'll see the NBA try to do it a little bit. And unless they're going to be truly innovative, which I don't think that they will be because I don't think that – I just don't I just don't think they'll – I just don't think they will be. Um, I just think that we'll have to wait this thing out. I think football hey, is the sport that might come back, and that's just because you can take everybody on football and put all of them outside. You know what they could do? What? Did y'all um, have y'all ever seen? Uh, it's like an early season classic they do. They've done in San Diego. This is this is crazy. I just thought of this. Oh, you're talking about they put them on a uh, military they, ship. They played on a ship. On a ship. On that military State ship. Versus North Carolina or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. They put a put NBA on a players ship. on the ship. Last ship, baby. LeBron that was one of be on the, LeBron gonna be on the last ship. That's gonna be the name of this episode, by the way. LeBron no, gonna be on no, the last. You gonna have LeBron on the last ship trying to hoop? Yo, literally, <laughs> Savannah and little Bronny downstairs in the cubbies see, is not happening, John. See, there's literally a ship out there right now that was set sail around the world like six months ago, and nobody on there has coronavirus because they've been that isolated. Crazy. So. I mean, if they really wanted to, I don't think they'd want to play on the ship, but why not? Bron go get seasick in the middle of the game. Oh shit. You just you just anchor it. You just anchor it. You don't actually like take the ship out to sea and play in the water. You just, we might as well be in a hotel then, John. What you want? I might as well go get a hotel room there and shit. This little ass bunker. Bron's six foot eight. You think he gonna be able to fit in one of the little bitty beds? Where where did um Team USA stayed one time at the Olympics. They stayed on a ship. That was in like what what year? Yo, um, real quick. Like yo, real, yo, real quick. Breaking 
Real quick breaking news, Woj alert, Sixers assistant GM Mark Eversley has agreed to a deal to become a Chicago Bulls new general manager league source to tell ESPN. Great. Dope. Bulls have a new GM. About time. Celebrate. So he's the 76ers assistant GM? Yeah. So he's learning from Elton Brand? He's learning from Elton Brand. Yeah, I'm not rocking with that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to do? I mean, I don't know, yeah, I don't go, know if that's going to go out and sign another sitter. <laughs> there's no, I, I don't think there's anything he wrong with like, we thought we, had a, we thought we had a window with Laurie. We had to go out and get another sitter. Like, another sitter? And we going to give Felicio an extension. We really think he could provide some valuable results for us in the future. But I, I think the Bulls, whoever they just signed as GM, is they're really an assistant GM. Like, they're not really going to be making the decisions. Whoever that executive yeah. they brought in, like, that's who's in charge. Yeah, good. Just like just like my man in Toronto, Masai. Yeah. Like, he's in charge. There are certain places where, like, that person is in charge and the GM is is the salary cap person or, or the they do GM a lot is more like stuff. He playing 2K, coming up with trade scenarios, writing them down like, hey, uh... <laughs> I mean, Kobe, the Bulls got it. I know what we can trade Kevin Kyrie to. And he's like, what'd you get this idea from? Like, oh, I just came up with it. I was asleep. Like, oh, I wasn't going to play a 2K like Pavit. I mean, the Bulls got an easy fix, but not that hard. They're going to suck this year. They're going to probably get like a top five pick. Uh, they wait, got Cat Room. Stop, 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 stop. You said the Bulls have an easy fix? Yeah. Yeah. They not that bad right now. They like two spots out. They, they like... They would they would be the ninth seed if they won like three more games. They could easily win ten more games next year. And they was hurt this year. I don't think they actually had a full starting lineup for twenty games. Now I'm not. Saying, I thought the Bulls were gonna make the look, playoffs this year, so I'm not gonna be. Look, I'm not. I, I think that they do have an easy fix. They also were not healthy this look, year. Now look, I'm not saying they're gonna win a championship next year, but I'm talking about we we talking about getting back in the playoffs in the East. This ain't no complicated task. To be good or to be a championship team, you essentially need two or three Hall of Famers. They have no I mean, one on their a, team we, right now. We talking about getting back to play. We talking about we talking about you can said we, easy fix. Can Where they, they get getting these Hall of Famers from? Can they right. get to the playoffs first? I don't know. Can when I they? say easy fix, I mean, I mean, I mean, get back to being a competitive basketball team. If you are playing playoff basketball, you are a competitive basketball team. They would I would be pay my money to right watch. now if they tried. No, if they were healthy, yeah. It, yeah, if, if Jim yeah, Bryan wasn't healthy, the coach. If they were healthy, they Boyle they haven't been healthy. You don't even know if Boylan can coach because the team ain't been He's healthy. Not good. You don't know that because they ain't been I'm healthy. Start screaming like you in a second. He's not fucking good. He's not fucking good. You don't know. He fucking sucks. You don't know that because they ain't been healthy. He fucking sucks. You don't know that because they ain't been healthy. They haven't been healthy. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. How many Bulls? How many Bulls? How many players on the Bulls right now would you have in five years? Like five years from now. Chris Dunn. Chris if he could stay on the damn court, I would take Wendell. I don't think Lowry is a superstar, but I think Lowry can be around the league for 10, 12 years. I like Zach Levine. I even like Otto Porter. Chandler Hudson is nice to me. They got guys on the team I like. They got a lot of guys I have in five years. 
Otto Porter is not staying there because that man is going to be salty that he's not making 20 some million dollars a year because no one is ever going to pay him that again. So he's yeah, not I mean, staying. I mean, no, he's not. But saying. you said, okay, so we got Chris Dunn, so we got Larry Marketing, we got Wendell, Kobe White, we got Zach Levine, Kobe Chandler Hudson. They got some guys I like. They're not a, they, 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 they not a team inept of talent. Cool. I feel they like got better the pieces than the Pistons. Talented. You lie. You no. telling a lot. You telling a lot. You telling a lot. Name them. Name me the pieces. Uh, at least, at least lie. the Pistons have shooters. Who? What? Luke Kennard. Keep going. The Makai Luke. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my man Seku. Seku can hoop. Seku can hoop. You like them better than Kobe? Huh? Yeah, you like him better yeah. than Kobe. He big as hell. He like six nine, Who? ain't he? Who's Fee? No, like no, not Fee. You talking about Sekou, right? Sekou decent. He was hooping this year. I like Sekou better than everybody but Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen on the Bulls. I do too. Sekou decent. He was hooping this year. You like him better than Kobe White? Sekou? Yeah, Sekou. Yes. Yeah, he cold. He was Sekou hooping this year. That's now turning nineteen. Go back and rewatch some of his highlights. He was hooping this year. Seku like was was kind of Seku was low key ding up LeBron for a little bit, and Kobe was in everybody buckets. Uh, yeah, but Seku had a really good year too. I'm not upset at it. I'm not, I like Chris Dunn more than him. Nah, you like Chris Dunn, Dunn better than who? Seku a rookie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool yeah take the rookie. Chris, Chris Dunn, Dunn like got like four old. years in the league. He ain't done nothing. No, he doesn't. Oh, Chris oh, Dunn like, I like three years old. He's he still ain't done nothing. Oh, and I like Christian Wood better than. All your players other than Larry Parkinson. Christian Wood, I'll give you. Christian Wood, Christian Wood, I'll give you. Sadeku, no. Right there, those three. I'm not really that high on Christian Wood. Luke Kennard. More than uh, Zach Levine. Like Luke Kennard more than Kobe White. I don't. Guys, shoot. You need to shoot. shoot. Okay, Chris Dunn and and Wendell Carter. Okay, but... Okay, but Wendell's a lob threat. He plays defense. He can strap up anybody. Lob threat. You know how many people are lob threats? Kenneth Fareed no. is a lob threat. And Kenneth Fareed had a Don't very good... Kenneth Fareed. No, come on, G. No. Clay Capella is a lob threat. Lob... Right, and he's not going to get paid a lot of money for it too. after this contract. I mean, yeah, because they commit to Russell Wilson. Christian yeah, Thompson, nope, damn good basketball play. player. Nobody's going to pay Clint Capella. That's the thing. Somebody will pay Clint Capella. No, no, Somebody will pay not, Clint Capella. Not as much as he's getting now. See, here's the thing. I actually think Trey Young can make him look amazing, and he might rob his way to some more money. I think Trey Young can make him look amazing. That's John Collins. That's Both John of them. Collins check. Both Clint of them. Capella's not about to get John Collins check. I mean, nah, he That's what they paying. Yeah, but Clint Capella can get seventy million. Over how many years? Forty. Come on. They're about to give him a a Scotty Pippen contract. Hey, seven years for twenty million. I don't know if big men gonna get paid like that no more ever again. They're not gonna pay him. They're not gonna pay Clint Capella. I think it's only gonna be a few big guys with maxes. Unless Clint uh-huh. Capella, I, say, I don't three. really think big men are gonna ever get paid like that anymore. I, I mean, I don't think he's getting a max. 
But I don't think he getting a match. I don't think he, he can get Bad. 70 of them. This man, John, the window keep popping all over his career. It's like a pop-up blocker thing. It's just like, doo, 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 doo. sorry. The big man in the NBA is equivalent to the running back in the NFL. Yes. Oh, no, At this point, yes. They don't care about him, and they're not going to pay him. Yeah. And they're in the 90s, in the 80s, 70s, and 90s, the running back was the man. Not, not a pass, pass, pass. That's a three-point shot. That's the same thing. Pass, pass, pass. Three-point shot, three-point yes, shot, three-point shot. Yes, but rebounding and interior defense is still important, especially when you get to the playoffs. And if you have a big who can who can like switch out and actually stay in front of a guard, you become much more valuable. Yes, like, but, like, like yes, can do. But the, but the biggest big they want now is Bam Adebayo. That's that's as big as they need now. They don't need anything else. We got to see Bam have some success in the playoffs though. But I'm saying that's the prototype they're looking. He won't. I mean, yeah, but we got to see Bam have some success in the um in the um playoffs though. Yeah. Like my man Andre Drummond, they were like. Breaking news, Andre Drummond is expected to uh, pick up his player option. Duh. Because ain't nobody about to pay that man $30 million again. Ever. Oh, he's, oh, you know, he's getting a max from Cleveland. Whole, he's getting a, a max from Cleveland. A max extension? He's getting a max from Cleveland. Watch, he's getting a max from Cleveland. He's getting a match from Cleveland, and if you can have Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, you can possibly put yourself in the um, playoff contention because you had the best, because you possibly had the best front line in basketball. No, he's not. But I feel he's getting a match from Cleveland. Not from Cleveland. No, because by the time they max Andre Drummond out, Kevin Love will be how old? I mean, that'd be a whole nother year on Kevin Love. Yes, how old is Kevin Love now? Thirty-one. Thirty. Thirty. Thirty-one. He only. He on the uh, books for four more years. You're not trading him. You better do something. Kevin you better Love, try to win. Kevin Love don't even want to be in Cleveland now. It don't matter what he want. Can't it trade don't matter what contract. he want to be. Where he going? Where he going? Who Especially taking the money? So you market, stuck with who taking it? Who taking it? Who taking it? Who taking First, first Daryl Morey with the China shit. And now coronavirus. G. Adam Silva over there tapping his pockets like a motherfucker. Like, a big, hey, big fella. G. No. Drummond, he might get one Kevin from Cleveland, but, I, I, but, but, but Kevin, Kevin Love ain't going nowhere. Yeah, but he's not. But what's encouraging him to play better than he's playing? Who, Kevin Love? Yeah. He That's hates what I'm losing. You said they could he have fucking it. hates Kyle Sexes, hate John Beeline. He hates, he hates Darius Garland. He hates that whole all of them because they all losers. <laughs> you right, so why is he going to play for those guys? Because you a professional? Because he want that $40 million post-coronavirus. That check. That check cash the same way, yeah. whether you playing at 80% or 100%. But again, you know what Kevin Love's saying? Y'all ain't going to force a majority of these $40 million. This shit going in my pocket. You can force a majority of these nuts. That's what he's going to be saying. You can force a majority of these nuts. Fuck out of here. Give me my money. I'm staying right here in Cleveland. <laughs> I- <laughs> $40 million in Cleveland hey, in a hey, recession. Look, hey, you know hey, what you look, can buy $40 million in Cleveland is worth the anxiety, in a recession? G. Shout out to Kevin Love. Shout out to Kevin Love. I know he's struggling with anxiety, but I know that forty million worth. You could buy downtown. I know that. I know. I know that forty M's worth. In this market, you could probably buy downtown. Dead ass. You can now buy all of downtown Cleveland. 
for forty million. Yeah. But I feel you. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> Dan Gilbert already owns it. It's about that time to go ahead and get ready to get on out of here. John W. Thank you so much for coming through today to talk hoops with your boys, man. Go ahead, talk to the people, let them know where they can find you at, what all your info is, um, and yeah, man, let's go ahead, let's get ready to get out of here. Hold on. All right, I appreciate y'all for having me on. You can find me at John W. Davis on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up John W. Davis, and you'll find me. As uh, one of the previous guests says, I am also technically Google <laughs> talking about Glass of Malone. Shout out to Glass of Malone. Shout out to Mr. Fab as well, man. It's your boy TPJ. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at RealTPJ. That is R-E-E-L-T-P-J. It's a film joke. If you don't get it, you damn dummy. Um, and as always, um, thank you guys for watching Hoops and Brews, the show co-stars rapper extraordinaire. Pavy, go ahead, get your plug in. Uh as always, man, follow me on Twitter at Pavy World, P-A-V-Y World, all one word. Um yeah, Pavers.com. Go check it yeah, out. Man, make sure you go check it out. Shout out to all the fans out there. This video will be going live on Monday morning. So shout out to everybody that watched. Um, shout out to everybody that watched the last doc. Go ahead, drop your last uh, 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 dance uh, documentary comments below. Let us know which one of us is wilding out um, as we continue to yell and scream at each other. I guess we, I, I, I guess we don't have Steph Curry to yell and scream at each other uh, 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 with right now. So we just gonna use this. We go, we gonna be like Mike. Who do? Hold on, hold on. Who did Mike say that he was like a uh, nice game, Mike, or some shit like that? That he, but he made it up and he made it. Up. Uh, Lee Bradford. Lee Bradford yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So we, Lee yeah, Bradford, yeah. So Darius, gonna, Lee Bradford yeah, something. Yeah, so until the NBA come back, we're just going to Lee Bradford the situation with the last doc, <laughs> uh, last year's documentary. We need that. We need that fire. We're in this bitch. But nah, anyway, shout out to John W. As always, do not drink and drive. If you're under the age of 18 in Canada or 21 in America, you better be fucking drinking. Don't do it. It's wrong. As always, shout out to John W. Davis for coming through. Shout out to all of the fans out there. We love you guys. And until next time, it's been your boy, TPJ of Hoops and Brews. Pavy, we will get up with y'all next time. And until then, peace out. Still struggle with security. What's that life? <laughs> I'm on a different way at the Clippers game. Got your woman texting me while I'm talking to Doc. Phone ringing through the press. I had to text her to stop. Why she sitting parallel to the niggas she got. I've been the realest since my rookie deal 85 Mike when I pull up here